Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. Vince McMahon selling what could loosely be called a Stone Cold Stunner. Steve Austin tearing up both nights of WrestleMania. Logan Paul shocking the masses. Triple H leaving his boots in the ring. And so much more that TalkSport saw in WrestleMania, Dallas, Texas. We're going to bring you maybe the biggest news of the weekend. Cody Rhodes is back in WWE. We have those comments right here on Talk Wrestling. Welcome to Talk Wrestling, guys, live from Dallas, Texas. It is I, Alex McCarthy, once again, bringing you all of the graps as it happens on the ground here at WrestleMania 38. But there's no Will Gavin. He didn't get the trip. No plane tickets for that guy. I've got a crew of my own this time, uh, joined by former guest Alistair McGeorge from the Metro. How are you, brother? I'm doing all right. I'm a bit Husky Harris today, but we're okay. Oh, my God. You wish you were Husky Harris. Matt Connell from Alt Sport is in the house as well. Video extraordinaire. How are you, my man? Alex, I am full on sports and entertainment. <laughs> you're chock full. Is that a snort? Wow. Uh, Joe Bimonte, how are you, brother? You're, you're, I mean, you're everywhere these days, aren't you, man? All over the place. Working the territories. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I'm stupendous. You are stupendous. And George Clayton, the young whippersnapper of this uh, UK gang from Joe. How are you, man? I'm good, man. The young one. The young one. You I'm are putting young you all one. to shame, but I've enjoyed it, man. Like the Dallas. Austin, Austin Theory of the group. That is it. Dallas in the sun. What more do you want, mate? Yeah, we say that as it's actually overcast today on this Monday, but he's not wrong. It's been a great weekend, great weather, but... Great wrestling. We're going to get into it today, guys. We've got Cody Rhodes in the next section. His first comments after returning to WWE after departing in 2015. You might have seen what he was up to in his time away. He helped start a little company called AEW. Something very special that, in my opinion, guys, I must say, it really contributed to the magnitude of his return. Because make no mistake about it, for anyone who had any doubts that Cody Rhodes was returning as a big star... The reception he got in that arena was unbelievable, wasn't it? They got the presentation absolutely perfect. The reaction from the crowd, like you say, if there was any doubt, that was kind of blown away almost immediately. The Just the attire, the music, it all came together as a perfect storm for him. It really was. But we're going to get into Cody in the next section. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we've experienced this weekend, guys, because uh, yeah, not in our friendship circle, we're having a jolly time in the streets of Dallas, Texas. But, I mean, we got busy. We actually went to work on Friday. A lot of different interviews that you guys will hear in different podcast form with Talk Wrestling, of course, that will be released on the Fight Night feed. But today you're on TalkSport 2 with Cody Rhodes. But... What's upcoming? Uh, guys, Becky Lynch was in the house on Friday. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I want to start with those three because they stole the weekend for me in terms of bell-to-bell action. Uh, Becky Lynch, we will get into that with Bianca Belair. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, two Canadians that have been beloved for a long time in very fun matchups. Uh, Matt, man, I'll start with you. What do you make of them proving their value, man? And just uh, It was great to talk to them on Friday. I just felt so happy and proud for them as what they do for this business because they are two core wrestling fans i think for anyone that's followed their journey they know where they've come from so where they are now in sport entertainment and what i really admired from seeing them even from the media junkets they were speaking to all the media they were there to promote those matches and they did it spectacular even stupendous <laughs> oh my. level of promotion for, the, for their respective matches. And they were happy to go to every single media outlet that we all covered and got entertaining interviews. And going into those matches, you could see just how much it all meant to them. Yeah, I mean, just to set the scene, 
we went to the Talents Hotel for this interview, and uh, I believe there was 10 or 11 different talents there. 85 media outlets. 85 from all around the world. So you only got like a few minutes with the talent, but they were so motivated to, you know, and excited. You know, it was palpable, I felt like, in the room. You know, I, I was wearing a Sami Zayn shirt that uh, was so warmly received by Sami. Not so much by Kevin. Um, but still, I mean, um, Joe, I know you're going to have some content coming out over the coming weeks, man. Who did you enjoy talking to the most? I think Owens was the one I really enjoyed talking to the most because you could see how excited he was to be wrestling Steve Austin. And, and when I was like sort of waiting to get my time with him, I was obviously watching yourself interview him and Alice and everyone else. And he just kept talking how much he'd just been a fan of Austin his entire career, well, his entire life rather, from growing up as a, like a kid watching like the Attitude Era. And to see him like, just buzzing that much, you knew you were going to get something special from that match. Well, even though we, at the time we didn't know it was a match. Mm. Um, and I remember as I was like, saying like, you know, thanks to him and everything at the end of our interview together, I said, oh, I'm really excited to see what happens this weekend. He was like, me too, me too, I can't wait. Like He was like talking to a big kid, like someone who was just like realising his dream come true and like, I know that just makes you feel so happy as a fan as well. Like you can relate to that. And the story he shared about the um, you know meeting Austin in the airport in two thousand and five, and so he went up to him and asked him for some advice. And Austin said, "Just keep running your mouth. Never stop running your mouth." And Owen said, "That's what I took that advice on board." He said, "When it looked like I wasn't going to be on WrestleMania, that's what I did." And I think to, you know to go full circle, like in what twelve years from mm. two thousand and five working as an indie, and then to now, yeah, I think that's amazing for him. And I think what was so special about that moment, just to flash forward into the match itself, Kevin Owens got the first stunner in on Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. And that was something I spoke, spoke to him in the junket. And I asked him, like, who's going to hit the first stunner? And he was like, what, what are we trying to do here? And of course, Owen made it very clear. He's the one who's going to hit it. And he did. And I think that's so important for this weekend where it had the perfect crossover from some of our favorites of the Attitude Era working with the current talent on his main roster. And as you say, it was the right kind of rub. And for Kevin Owens to hit that first stunner on Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's pretty significant. Mm. I mean, it wasn't the best stunner of the weekend, but more more on that later. Uh, I mean, you know, it's funny with WWE events too. I went to Survivor Series last November in New York. Really excited to go out there with, you know, the restrictions kind of just being lifted in America that month. Um, And and I'm not going to lie, like the, the show just wasn't that great. Like, Charlotte and Becky was a great match. But the atmosphere, that, that electricity, I was a bit like, ah, oh, you know, I was a bit disappointed. I, I can't lie. Like, the content was good, but the fan in me wanted more from Survivor Series. Coming to WrestleMania this time, and, and kind of looking at the card, I was, like, hopeful, but but I'm not entirely sure what to expect either. Um, and I've come away feeling like it's one of the all-time manias. And I don't know if that's recency bias, you know, because you've just seen it and and I was there in the crowd enjoying it. But it, it's one of those things where even in and around the arena, like, you know, you guys have been with me when we've seen some of the UK wrestlers, right? Like just on the street or around the hotel. The mood just seemed different. George, I'm curious for you, brother, um, being the young blood here. For me, and I think I was saying this to you, Matt, as well. Like, I'm an 88 baby, right? I'm like in my 30s. So a lot of what happened this weekend spoke to me, right? Like, you know, you're Vince McMahon in the ring. I don't care what people are saying on Twitter. I don't care if they don't like it. I loved it, right? So for someone like yourself, like, did, did that resonate as strongly with you, seeing a Vince McMahon, seeing the Steve Austin, Undertakers? It did, because when I was growing up on WWE, my brother was a lot older than me, and he was always on the Attitude Era. He was always Stone Cold, so... I was more living it through him. It was it was brilliant for to, to grow up with him and listen to the stories about that. And obviously, this is my first WrestleMania as well. And going back to what you were saying about just the actual spectatorship of it all, it was yeah incredible. Like America does it differently. Mm. If there's anyone out there, and there will be that like want to go to WrestleMania, just do it because it's just sick. Like the, the tailgating, the food. Obviously, we've we've enjoyed the food and this experience of <laughs> and, yeah, yes, and, yeah, and this experience with you guys has probably made it better as well. Um, just the whole like entertainment aspect of it, and it's just been yeah, it's been sensational. I've been blown away by how good it actually was. Like they got the card nailed on the two nights. But I didn't didn't think the second night could live up to the first night, and it did. Yeah, um, the atmosphere is incredible. The Americans are so good for it as well. Like the amount of fancy dress I saw, if I can call it fancy dress, I probably shouldn't call it fancy dress, but the amount of people that were full on dressed up. And it's like you wouldn't get that in England. And it, yeah, it was fantastic. But the nostalgia of it all, 
seeing the Undertaker's walkout. Obviously, the Undertaker was my guy when I was grow- when I was growing up, and yeah, that that was special just to watch his walkout. They did it twice. Got a bit boring by the second time, but um, <laughs> was that not enough yeah. for you, young yeah. man? Well, no, it'd be good if he actually was coming out to fight, but he did the exact same thing as the first night. So I was like, oh, I've seen this already, but it is the Undertaker, and and it was. I've it got was to brilliant. say, Matt was next to me saying, "God, I want someone to attack him." Yeah, his his thirty year career wasn't enough, right? Like he couldn't come out and get his. Uh, his admiration, he had to be attacked by a hill, Matt. I mean, much, much <laughs> respect, but since there was so much crossover, you know, we had like Damien Priest and Edge doing everything together, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold, Vince and Austin Fury. I was thinking, go on. <laughs> if he's coming out on night two as well, and how lucky have we been to get to hear The Undertaker's theme three times across WrestleMania weekend from the Hall of Fame, well, twice in the Hall of Fame ceremony. And then we had WrestleMania night one, WrestleMania night two. Now, if you grew up on sports entertainment and WWE on the Attitude Era, wasn't this perfect? It was, it was the best. What was that? What was that tweet about Undertaker's suit? Someone said it must have stunk by night three. And you think like, the guy was like, I think he must have been sweating through that during the Hall of Fame speech because you know he, he was out of character for the first time in a long time doing that in front of like a packed arena and that ovation he got at the Hall of Fame. It was like like a 10 minute standing ovation that was unbelievable to be a part of by the way like I should note that we were all at that as well because we went to Smackdown in the Hall of Fame on Friday and we did stand and deliver by the way before day one of Wrestlemania I mean man that ovation was something to behold we will get back into it after the break we've got Cody Rhodes coming up guys we haven't even really got into that yet but what a moment that was his return to WWE we're going to have his very first comments to the media after his return to WWE here on Talk Wrestling on Talk Sport 2. Welcome back, guys. Alex McCarthy here with my, what I'm going to call, what's the collective noun for us? UK wrestling media gang. It's a working title. The new and um, new world order. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, with a wolf pack. The- <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Cody Rhodes. It's coming up on the show. That's the interview we've got for you today. There will be more content coming from Talk Sport over the coming weeks in podcast form. Everything from WrestleMania weekend. Everything. We couldn't fit it into this show if we wanted to, believe me. There was so much done on Friday. But now, let's stop the waiting and get into comments from Cody Rhodes himself speaking to the media the day after his return. We did speak. And I think Triple H did it in such a Triple H fashion. Everybody had come on the bus to say hello, to talk a little bit about what may happen. The very last one. Uh, was was Triple H and <laughs> my uh, my assistant, uh, my former assistant from uh, from AEW was you know he came as a as a friend and he was on it and he knows the world's worst kept secret that Hunter is my favorite wrestler and that was a really this this has been a wild tear filled weekend but uh, it was just a good moment also just to see him healthy. Um, and I know, you know, retirement came uh, as it did. But to, to do some justice, uh, to not only see my favorite wrestler and somebody that, gosh, I just I got wanted to model so many things after and such, but Seth being uh, his protege uh, and to be able to, to give some of those fan service uh, perhaps moments uh, for the fans, but also for Triple H, who is all wrestlers. We're, we're all marks and fans and even at the highest level, which uh, he's been. But that was really touching, especially you got to put it in perspective. As many of you know, uh, I talked a lot of smack. I destroyed his throne. I mean, I I, I was very loud and uh, vociferous and, and just very intense on getting uh, angry. I was just angry. Uh, and that was a moment of no anger. Because uh, well, why would I be angry? You guys are... T- paying me this absurd amount of money and I get to be me I get to be me uh and uh and especially coming from where I had left here there's nothing to be angry about it's more a matter of one you know chapter ended a beautiful chapter at AEW which I'm so proud of and then to start this new chapter here I just kept saying out there I kept saying finish and I wasn't talking about the match I just kept saying finish as far as what's next you know i i what i started here i gotta finish that if that makes any sense but yeah we spoke uh right before a very uh 
Very excited to see him. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here on TalkSport 2. Alex McCarthy once again. Man, doesn't Cody sound happy? <laughs> like uh, One thing I took away from that, and everyone in this room was at that press conference, I guess is what we're going to call it. He just seemed beaming to be back in WWE. When, when the news first broke, I remember thinking, like, wow, like that's so significant. Like I never would have seen it. I thought Co- Cody was kind of the anti-WWE almost, right? Like, you know, he'd broken the throne. He'd gone away. He'd proven he could be something else. He created an alternative, you know, not on his own, but he was a central part to that. And now here he is back in the game. You think, I know there's a lot of people out there saying it's a bit hypocritical, right? And they're saying, oh, you know, what? Why did he go back and all of this stuff? But I think if you just listen to what he was telling the media yesterday and you can get the full thing on YouTube, I think it's very evident that there's unfinished business for Cody uh, and those family ties where he started. It's like a ghost that he needs to exercise, right? It certainly feels it. And I think that's one of the most significant things that Cody Rhodes had said across his media um, post his match at WrestleMania. There hasn't been a Rhodes in WWE has held that world title so the motivation is very high the stars have aligned there's a certain roman reigns part of another family a lineage with pretty significant history so no matter what happens going forward that is always there no matter what happens going forward randy orton is always there there are lots of options and don't think for a second that Seth Rollins still has something to say about it because what a perfect dance partner he was for this kind of match. Now, I think it's fair to say collectively as a fan base, the execution of Cody Rhodes' return was perfect from the presentation to the emotion you could see in his face as he would look out to the 70,000 that night. And in that match, built perfectly, wonderful move tributes to his family, the bionic elbow when the the roof could have blown off like it was the O2 arena. Everybody got the reference, which is crucial. Which was beautiful. And the finish and the crossroads and, you know, just as much as it was fantastic by Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, it was very much about him as well because in this business, without the right dance partner, it can all go very wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I I think a lot of things I took away from the interview, and this is quote what he said, as you just heard, he's getting paid an absurd amount of money right he's been given these assurances by Vince McMahon um, Bruce Pritchard even um, Nick Khan he's talking about you know showering him in praise almost which we haven't heard anyone do really um, you know he's become the devil of wrestling in many eyes but you look at all of that Joe let's talk about the actual presentation and the reception in the arena because the first part of what I just said there is totally crucial pivotal in fact to how he will be successful this time around, or, or can be. Yeah, I think what was important was they just kept it the same as his AEW presentation. I think if they'd have tried to you know, use one of his old WWE themes or something similar to that, it would have still got a big reaction, no doubt. But people saw that they were taking him seri- a lot more seriously this time around as like a main event talent by giving him that theme music, giving him the presentation, coming up through the stage, everything about it. And um, Graves had it. Corey, um, Corey Graves had a great call when he said the prodigal son has returned. I think like positioning him as that sort of, you went away and you set up this other company and tried to take us down. And Rollins was a great dance partner in that respect as well because he's been a very strong company man for WWE. Yeah, boy, has he? Yeah. <laughs> and like he's had been pr- pretty much the guy who's been like the most anti-AEW in a lot of the things that he's been saying, and which gives this feud a lot more legs, I think, going mm. forward for like the next couple of months, especially if that's the way they want to go with it. But yeah, the presentation, they got absolutely correct. And that was such a relief. And I think Cody, when we spoke to him on, um, well, on at the press conference yesterday morning, he seemed relieved by it all. He seemed relieved that it had gone really well. He seemed very happy. And, you know, he, he came across as such a bigger star than he left. And he's grown up a lot in that time as well. I think he'd probably be the first to admit, you know, he said when he was saying he felt very bitter when he left and he felt yeah. very unhappy. He also said that out of his family, he's the most angry one. <laughs> which I thought was quite telling. And I think maybe on being the youngest, he's always felt like he's had a point to prove. And he said, there's going to be no more absolutes from now on. I'm not going to say this is never going to happen. Or mm-hmm. yeah, he just came across 10 times bigger than when he left. And again, he mentioned about um, the split, you know, reaction from the crowd. He said that wasn't there, but he welcomes that. He, he'll, he'll lean into it. I and mean, you know, we've seen it with that Reigns and Cena in the past, that sort of reaction from the crowd. And if that ends up being the way that Cody goes, I think, 
he'll still be a main event. Are they not going to sort of switch on him because of that? So maybe I'm being a little bit too optimistic there. I don't know. But I think from last night, we've got every every reason to be. Yeah, I think we have a reason to be optimistic. I, I've always said I felt towards the end of 2019 with the Jericho feud and like the cage match with Wardlow, kind of like early 2020, he was the hottest baby face in wrestling. Like, period. There was nobody across any company that was on fire like Cody Rhodes was. Then, of course, he made a series of bad decisions of, you know, taking himself out of the title picture. And, you know, he's kind of accepted some of that himself and some of the promos he did. And by the way, when he hits a promo, great. He is great. But he's acknowledged himself that some of them have missed the mark. He can be a top, top star for WWE. But I guess what happens next is crucial. We're recording this on Monday, ahead of Monday Night Raw. We'll be in the air tomorrow when this will actually go out on the radio. Uh, George, what did you make of the moment in the stadium, right? Like, um, we had, like, I think, I remember us talking about it before the actual event. We were like, will it be Cody? Do you think it's going to be Cody? Might be Shane. (laughs) Might be, here comes the money. Um, But, you know, it was one of them where we've likened it to a few situations. I did anyway, CM Punk, right? Where you knew it was Punk. That one was more obvious because it was Chicago. But you knew it was Punk. But there wasn't that actual tangible confirmation, so you couldn't be dead certain until the music hits. I felt like this was similar, and that actually helped the moment that people were hoping it was Cody, and then when they got what they wanted, like if they if it'd been anyone else, it probably would have been a disaster. Really, um, do you think that they got the the build and the moment spot on? No, hundred percent. Because if everyone knew that he was coming, you wouldn't get that pop in the stadium and it went off it, it really did run. it was stone cold levels in that stadium it was sick um, and then actually someone owes me and Joe a million pounds because he said well million dollars he was like <laughs> I'm telling you guys The Undertaker's coming out he's fighting Seth Rollins he owes me a, I bet you a million dollars <laughs> me and Joe started laughing so wherever he is he owes us a million dollars um, but then obviously when Cody came out the atmosphere the build up they just got it absolutely spot on he did the Stardust reference it was just amazing and yeah I've actually never seen an atmosphere like it at any sporting event and you know I've been to a few and that, that was just insane like the crowd went for it. it I just I just don't think they could have built it up any better to bring him on stage the way he rose up the fireworks going off and then just his entrance it was sensational I don't know what more they could do with that yeah it's, WWE don't always get things right in my kind of recent experience but man I honestly can't think of many ways this could have gone better for them let's roll in to the, the next section where we're actually going to dive into night one and night two of Wrestlemania give our ass breakdowns because let me tell you there is a lot to discuss so you are listening to Talk Wrestling on Talk Sport 2 Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're enjoying your WrestleMania weekend and thus talk wrestling here on TalkSport 2. I'm Alex McCarthy, and we are going to start talking about WrestleMania Night 1. Which, I mean, listen, both nights were great, and it's hard to stack them against each other, but I might argue this was the stronger one just because how it finished. Now, let's get into that straight away. Steve Austin, that is a monster pop that I will never forget being a part of. The anticipation was wonderfully built by Kevin Owens, who, let's not forget, the same as Seth Rollins, built their programs on their own. 
all Austin did was one what video promo in yeah. Texas that was like two minutes long week on week Kevin Owens Seth Rollins out there doing God's work for the actual moment though we didn't really know if we were going to get the match right and then when we did I think it's fair to say Joe we got a hell of a lot more than we expected oh my I, I, honestly when the bell rung like the, the atmosphere was going off but like I was thinking, like, how is this going to work? Like, you know, Austin has he's done a few bits in the you know in the nineteen years since he had that match with the Rock. You know, he's had some physical interactions with people, but nothing like obviously what we saw with Owens. And when they got into the crowd, it was like an old school attitude era main event, yeah. just like in the, within, in the middle of the people. And when they did the suplex, the suplex, the suplex like, we all looked oh. at each other on our row where we were, and we were just like, Steve, Steve, <laughs> like get up. And it was just like, oh. And when he got up, and then they took another bump, and they went up the ramp and on the stage and everything else. It was just everything I grew up on, mm. and Owens played his part phenomenally well. And it was as if when that first suplex hit, Austin himself got this like just boost of adrenaline, like right, I've taken that bump, I can do this, I can take another couple. He got a lot more confident. You could just tell that like, the, moment, the momentum just flowed from that moment onwards. And I mean, the crowd were right behind it. They were never not going to be behind it. But the level of the match that we got was far beyond what I was expecting. Yeah, it, it was magic. It, that's literally the only word I could associate it is magic. And it was a lot of people had some raised eyebrows, right, about Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, a talk show or whatever, main eventing. WrestleMania, but how foolish <laughs> were all of we? Um, because you know they say, oh, you know, the crowd are tired, right? There was a lot in this night one where the crowd were hot for. We've we've got into Cody Rhodes and discussed that all the great things they did. Alistair, Bianca, and Becky Lynch. Now that is a contender for match of the weekend, bell to bell. Becky, I mean, Bianca's, her WrestleMania legacy is already incredible, by the way. You look at what she did with Sasha, now with Becky. Matt, it couldn't have been any better, could it? The payoff to the story. Bianca comes out looking like every bit of a star as anyone in the company. Like Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, anyone. Yeah, it was, I keep saying perfect. It was perfectly executed, even sort of the tease at the beginning with you thinking maybe it was going to be a quick finish, the near falls. It was just... These two days have felt like fan service in the best possible way with the stories that have been told, and I think this was the perfect example of it. Bianca was the right one to win. It was everything aligned perfectly for her. She looks like a megastar. I think WWE needs to make the most of the next couple of years with her because she is destined for, well, she the whole world's at her feet. She screams yeah. star. Like, when Bianca Belair's presentation, her work... Everything, man. I, I, I think she's absolutely perfect. But speaking of something that went perfectly, Logan Paul. Yeah, that's right, guys, listening to this show. Logan Paul was a show stealer, man. Like Everyone came away from that show surprised about just how excellent it was. It's not just what he did in the ring, right? It's like the whole Eddie aspect to it and, and all the stuff that played out afterwards that I'll let you guys get into George man do you want to kick things off with your Logan Paul thoughts mate that was sick it was I actually was like it was just insane like Logan Paul coming in and I have got a soft spot for Logan Paul and and Jake Paul but more so Logan Paul obviously I was growing up watching KSI on YouTube watching Logan Paul and seeing the 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 journey that Logan's been on to mature and get to this point like he's gone from YouTube to fighting Floyd Mayweather, yeah, which is incredible. And yeah. then he's grown up watching WrestleMania and wrestling, and now he's just won on WrestleMania. And the guy started doing videos against in his room. Rey Mysterio, by the way. Let, let's not wash that under the rug. Yeah, against Rey Mysterio with the Miz. Like, I, I'm just proud of him. I actually, I'm really <laughs> proud of him. Like, I'm sure he's proud of me as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his journey coming out with a Pokemon card around his neck, four three point eight million pounds around his neck. Yikes! As he was coming out, I think it was the highest ever auctioned Pokemon card. Tenor. Like what a what a, tenor. what a move wow. that is! Yeah, what a move that is! And he executed every move that he needed to. He sold it so well, um, and he is naturally gifted at this type of stuff. He's an entertainer first and foremost, but the guy's an athlete as well, and. What I mean, it sells him. It sells him up. He's going to be back, isn't he? I, the only thing I would have wanted to see was the Miz then take out Jake Paul. I think they missed an opportunity there because yeah. the numbers would have been incredible. Um, but then who knows? Then Conor McGregor starts chirping, which we probably will get to. But yeah, yeah. it's it's all going off in that in that time. But Logan Paul, baby. 
Well, yeah, Let's uh, go. I mean, uh, to be fair, I thought Jake's little um, tidbits on the pre-show were excellent as well. And like you, the interest around the Paul brothers is undeniable at this point. I said on my interview with Logan the other week in the build-up to WrestleMania, I really don't think you can help but respect them. I, I understand if they're not your cup of tea. Don't get me wrong. Like, and or you know, are their fights the greatest technical things you'll ever see? No, not really. But still, they've literally built their own platforms and audiences to the point where he got to box Mayweather and then fight Mysterio at WrestleMania. Like, that is literally insane. Talk about making your own dreams come true. I, I, th- I think, you know, it's outrageously impressive. Um, what, what The Paul brothers will be in WWE again at some point. I don't doubt that. And to more to your point on Conor McGregor, I think anybody, like a celebrity on the outside looking in, if you were watching that this weekend... You'd want to be a part of it, wouldn't you, Matt? Like you'd you'd be looking at that thinking, "Oh my god, payday!" The rabid fans, like seventy five thousand plus both nights. Who would not want to be a part of that? Well, you just got to look at MMA Twitter and see the likes of Daniel Cormier, Chris Cyborg going mad for WrestleMania to see their former colleagues doing this thing. And of course, you know, like even in the build up to this event around the hotels, you know, we had certain MMA athletes, Valerie Laruda from ATT here for tryouts as well mm. like it was just so impressive how we've got to this point now where wwe is really really nailing the use of celebrities and it was at a point where you know you'd have the various guest spots on monday night raw and you'd think oh this isn't gonna go well this doesn't help build a brand but when we've had the likes and the luxuries of the bad bunnies last year to having the logan pools this year the Jackass crew on night two. Stephen Amell maybe set the table a little bit. Stephen Amell, you know, like much respect. You know, there's there's been many highs and lows. But I think, like you said, the Paul brothers, no matter what they get stuck into, they just do it so well. Mm. And when they do it so well, it only benefits. Like We can laugh and we can say the quality of the boxing matches that the Jake Pauls have, not so good. But they respect the industries they walk into. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw that the way that Logan Paul was training with the Miz and Wesley and Nash Carter of MSK. Don't tell me that guy is enough for trying to be a WWE superstar. Because yeah. let's say he's got the ring gear. And we were all saying, as we were, from where we were sat, look at him. He's a specimen. He's he an is. athlete. He's in great, Nick. Yeah, yeah, he's in great, Nick. I think as well, if you looked at that, the celebrity matches that we've had over the last few years, if you were oblivious going into that match this weekend, the um, Logan Paul match, and no one told you who he was or anything beforehand, you would have just assumed he was a WWE superstar. Yeah. yeah. Like with Johnny Knoxville, obviously, and um, like Bad Bunny last year, you su- you could have sort of guessed that they weren't just because maybe of their build and the whatever. But Logan Paul just looked legit. Like he looked like the crispness of his moves was incredible. His selling was great, and he's a natural heel as well. When Miz dropped him at the end of that match, the place exploded. <laughs> and Miz will get big reactions anyway because he's excellent at what he does. Yeah. But that was just as much because people despise Logan Paul, just for like you know, just his character that he portrays and everything. Like they love to hate him, and wrestling doesn't have enough of that. You know, well WWE have missed the mark on that quite often in recent years. And in Logan Paul, he could have like a top top heel to come in every now and again. I feel like I think Logan turned twenty seven last Friday, right? He just had his birthday, and he was saying in in, in the interview that we did do with Talksport that he's well open to working with WWE in the future. Like you know doing something behind the scenes he'd be interested in as well, which, to be fair, could be a great injection for the company. I know there'll be some of you listening to this thinking, this is a WWE loving, but, you know, it's 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 fine to call them out when things haven't been going well, and I haven't been enjoying week-to-week TV greatly in 2022, to be honest. I do think Raw, uh, you know, the bar was low, but it's been better on the road to WrestleMania. But, man, this this weekend, I think, is well worth celebrating how good things have been. What we do need to tie up on night one, the Usos kicked things off with Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. And the main headline from here, man, is, is really sad that Rick Boogs, unfortunately, comes away with a torn quad, a la Triple H, uh, I believe dislocated patella as well. That's just a nasty injury to a bloke who was getting great reactions from the crowd. He really was, and he was sort of starting to come into his own in his tag team with Shinsuke. So that's really sad to see. But the Usos... We the ones, baby. They stay on top, probably where they belong. The, the, the image is with Roman on night two, I guess, and all the gold is was worth it just for that, to be honest. And Drew and Happy Corbin, I'll tell you this. My expectations were probably rock bottom for this. Not with who's involved, but just, you know, the story, not particularly interesting. I mean, I know Drew would have greenlit it, but the, the mum comment on SmackDown wasn't 
wasn't great. I, I don't know. I just wasn't that excited. I thought Drew could have been used better. Uh, and also to tie up night one, um, last but certainly not least, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. At Joe, what do you what do you think about this man? Because again, a lot of people had a problem with the build, but. The action itself um, was what we would expect from these two performers. Yeah, and they, you know, they've been in the ring together a couple of times before. They had that great match at Survivor Series a few years ago, yeah. which finished when you know, Charlotte took the kendo stick to Ronda. So I think we knew we were going to get something good they were going to deliver in ring. It was just, like you say, the build was a bit off this time. And they, I think they tried to replicate some stuff that they'd done previously with that, the, um, the parking lot brawl and things like that. Uh, I think it, live it suffered a little bit, not because of anything in the ring, but there was that the fight in the crowd which I think detracted people's attention. Um, And it was sort of difficult for the crowd to get back into it for a few minutes. But I think the finishing stretch of the match was really well done. Like a lot of counters and grappling and so on. The submission holds going back and forth. Everything was executed really well. It's just I don't think anyone had strong enough opinions either way on each performer where they really, you know, the same way like Becky and Bianca, for instance, the crowd were there all the time for that going into it. Everyone wanted to see that match. This was like, well, I'm not really sure who the face is here because it's supposed to be Ronda, but the reactions haven't really been there for her in the same way they were when she initially came into the company. She played the heel on the way out last time. This time round, no one's been as passionate about her. But I think she got decent reactions in the end on Saturday. But yeah, a, a, a really good match, but not one that I think people will be Revere going... Revere. Yes. Yeah. I, I hear you. It's not like an all-time classic. You know, Ric Flair called it the greatest women's match ever. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest on the night. But, you know, anyway, after the break, we're going to have to talk about night two of WrestleMania, where, again, high expectations or a high bar to match. But, man, I think in their own different way, they did it. So, remember, Talk Wrestling, you can get the full interviews from this weekend on the Talk Sport feed with Fight Night. That will be dropping in the next couple of weeks. But after the break, the gang are going to talk night two of WrestleMania on Talk Wrestling. Welcome back to the final segment of Talk Wrestling here on the WrestleMania 38 review. We have been talking all things WrestleMania weekend and we've had Cody Rhodes' first comments. If you have missed them, do not fear. You can get to this show on Catch Up on the TalkSport app and of course the Talk Wrestling podcast, which is in the Fight Night feed. Yes, I keep reminding you, go ahead, subscribe and check it out. But alas, on this final segment, we've got much to talk about you know where I'm starting it was a bad stunner man <laughs> it was not good but it was so not good that it was good <laughs> like, I feel Joe. proud I feel proud to have been in the presence of that <laughs> yeah. stone cold stunner I would, if he didn't nailed like an inch perfect stunner it would have still been good to see but we can relive this over and over and over again for like the rest of time and I just think Austin's reaction to it was perfect. It. He, he just lent right into the fact that he knew that was terrible and he just knew it was hilarious. And on top of that, like, yeah, we've got this memory now that we can just like revere as being like, this is like history in terms of just like, we've, we remember that like, the Trump stunner and like the Linda McMahon stunner and people talked about them for ages. We've got something that has somehow topped them. And for something that was so bad to be like one of the best things we saw this weekend, I think that sort of just typifies just how everything just was so spot on. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I've I've seen a couple of tweets. I mean, this is always a bad way to start a conversation. But I've seen a couple of <laughs> tweets that, uh, you know, oh, Vince booking himself to win at WrestleMania, or why did he have to beat Pat? I mean, Pat's a commentator anyway. Pat had just had a, a real WrestleMania, you know, not not just moment, but a fantastic debut for him there. He, you know, his star had already been made. And then having this moment with Vince and Austin, for him and Austin Theory, by the way, uh, moment with Steve Austin, I should clarify for anyone listening confused, Having that moment for Austin Theory and Pat McAfee with these two like absolute legends of the game, George, man, what what was it like for you to watch to watch that unfold? I, I personally felt like the moment was perfect, but what about you? I loved it, mate. Absolutely loved it. The whole thing, like Pat sold it so well. He was insane, wasn't he, when he did the flip off the rope and jumped straight. It's worth noting, sorry, that um, you were in the press box. I don't want to interrupt, but you would have got the commentary that came through as well because Michael Cole was on good form, right? Yeah, he was he was unbelievable. You could tell that he sold it so well in the fact that you could tell he was just in there for his friend as well, and it was it was good. Like in the in the press box for it, enjoying the commentary, and then yeah, Pat sold it so well, didn't he? And Austin was really good as well. And the fact that he's only twenty four and his biceps are bigger than my future. Mm. Um, so then the the match was really good. 
I don't know. I think Joe felt a little bit the same. We were talking about it last night about when Vince came out and I didn't really want him to fight Pat. I didn't really get that whole bit. But then when Stone Cold came out, the, the stunner was absolutely oh. insane. Pat sold his stunner so well yeah. when the beer sprayed out and everything about it was incredible. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. And Stone Cold looked, on the second night for me, he was having so much fun, wasn't he, at the end? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he had a smile on his face. He just kept throwing, I think it was like 59 beers over the two nights that got thrown up to him. I think that was the official stat from Ariel anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was having so much fun and it was just so nice to see and it was brilliant. Uh, let, let's move along. Uh, Matty, I'm going to come to you first here. Let's talk Johnny Knoxville. Let's talk Jackass. Let's talk Sami Zayn's wonderful performance because... Again, there will be wrestling purists that I, I and I understand it's fine if that's what you're into. You won't like what transpired here, but honestly, if you did not find this entertaining, on like people were in hysterics, cheering, like the crowd could not have been more invested in. And I'm going to say it: Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. There's one thing getting spoilt with all the talent we saw from the Attitude Era, and just thinking, "Wow, that's unbelievable." But I love Jackass, and I thought. <laughs> The, the fact that we're pretty much getting a live Jackass show in that ring, <laughs> crossing over with WWE, it was the perfect, for me, the perfect execution of what sport entertainment is. Now, of course, we had the athletic level of what sport entertainment is with the, the Logan Pauls on night one. But this was heavily emphasised with a capital E, entertainment. Are you the- trying to say that We Man's Body Slam wasn't be- better than Hogan and Andre? I think, it was, I think it was better. And I'm kind of a little bit sad that they didn't reference that in commentary. But nevertheless, it, it was just perfect. Johnny Knoxville, the whole gang, Party Boy even showed up. I got to see Party Boy in the flesh. I was frightened and happy all at the same time. And then Wee Man came out from under the ring, doing his bit, the body slam. I mean, there were a lot of great pops throughout the night. But if that wasn't up in your top three, then I don't know what you were there for because it was entertaining as hell. Johnny Knoxville as well, much respect, took everything that Sami Zayn got. And like that tweet from Kevin Owens about Sami Zayn after the match, Sami's just the best. He's yeah. just a yeah. perfect guy in that position, in that spot. He gets it. Sure, you want your five-star matches? Well, guess what? Here on Talk Sport, we're going to give that a five-star entertainment rating. It's done. I mean, mm. we've never even done this before, but now Matt is bringing it to the <laughs> table. And you know what? I concur. Um, I, I, who could argue with that, man? But speaking of, of matches that people would expect five stars for, and you know, I guess the wrestling purists, Edge and AJ, Joe, talk to me about AJ Styles and Edge, because this is one of those... Um, maybe I'll liken it to when I was at WrestleMania 34, and you had Shinsuke Nakamura... And AJ Styles, everyone's going, oh my God, this is going to be amazing, right? And, and your expectations are at a certain level. Now, people would have probably thought this would be the best wrestling match of the weekend. How would you say that delivered for you, Joe? I thought it was good, like not great. And that's not really a criticism, I guess. But like, I think heading into the show, it was a match that I sort of almost kept forgetting about. Because even though they'd done a good job building it with the edge heel turn, I think because there was so much of the stuff going on, it was slipping under the radar ever so slightly. But again, presentation-wise, like Edge's entrance was great with the big sort of fire in the throne and stuff like that. And the way they're sort of like really rebranding him now is this like slightly more like, you know, demonic style heel or whatever. And he's like leaning towards like Ministry Undertaker. <laughs> well, not, 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 obviously <laughs> yeah, not. I know what you mean. Yeah, but so that. In tone. Yes. Um, the match itself, you know, I thought it was, it was, it was well executed and well wrestled. I felt like they were building to something all the time. Like it was very, like a slow, deliberate pace. And I, I think I was talking to Matt, so I liken it to like the way they would just maybe build a new Japan match where you could sense it just like building and building and gaining momentum. And then suddenly, like, it just seems it didn't just finish, but I felt like we were going to get another five or six minutes. And then they did the Damien Priest thing, which I loved. I think the Damien Priest reveal and the way they did that with Edge and Damien's um, presentation it's a was great fit. Isn't it? Yeah, it's just so perfect. Um, so the match itself I liked, um, but I don't think it's, again, similar to Charlotte and Ronda. Perfectly well wrestled. Just don't think people will come back to it and rewatch it. But I, mean, I, I need to get another set of eyes on it because I've not um, gone back to rewatch it yet. So maybe I'll have a slightly different opinion. But I, I thought it was it was 
the textbook edge match, right? Like kind of prodding start and it builds the crescendo and the home straight was very, very enjoyable. And the crowd got into it. Of course. And the finish is about making what's next for Edge with Priest, which is a union that I like a lot. Um, is it going to be an all-time classic? Probably not. But still, it, you know, it was good for what it was. Let's run through a bit of the card before we get to the main event as we come down the home straight here. Okay, bro... Opened up the night very over RK Bro, right? Um, they they won the Triple Threat Tag Team match with the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. I've got to say, I, I, one thing I prefer about the Triple Threat Tags to the Fatal 4-Ways is that the Triple Threat is actually a Triple Threat, right? You have three people in the ring. I enjoyed that. No problem with the result for me. You've got to go with a hot hand, Orton and Riddle. Let them continue Great surging. finish as well. Yes, it yeah. was. It was great. I mean, oh man, the, the springboard RKO for Riddle was unbelievable. And then we got the Gable Stevenson moment after as well. I mean, if, if you're <laughs> watching this weekend, if you're not aware that WWE wants you to like Gable Stevenson, <laughs> you will be very quickly. Uh, next up was Bobby Lashley and Omas. Um, some people were surprised that Lashley got the W here. Um, I'm, I'm not against it. I like Bobby Lashley very much. I think he's done great work the past year or so. I guess that it's just, is that what they were building the monster Amas for, right? Was this the big arc of his career? Because where do you go from here once you're a giant and you've lost? I don't know if WWE always do that well. The big show is a good indicator of that, right? Very A lot of ebbs and flows in that man's career. So I'm very intrigued to see what they do with Amas next. Um, but still, good for Bobby, man. I'm glad that he's positioned as a big star. So hopefully he can springboard into something cool coming out of that. Uh, and the women... We need to talk about Sasha Banks breaking the streak, nonetheless. Uh, but, but, you know, Boss Glow, is that, I think that's what we're calling them, right? Sasha Banks, Naomi, they got the W over Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, uh, Shayna Baszler was in there with Natalia and uh, Queen Zelina and Carmelo, of course, were the champions. Quick, 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 you know, all of you are going to get a quick say here. Is it right to have broken Sasha Banks' streak here? Would it have been better in a singles, or was the moment justified just a quick couple of words, Alistair. Yeah, I think it was, you know, the reaction it got from the crowd proved that it was spot on for me. Yeah, May? Why not? That's good. <laughs> he Look, cares deeply about this personally, topic. Personally, I think like my, my bias was leading on, on, on seeing Andrea Ripley and Liv Morgan get it. But nevertheless, if it was off the two, I would have been happy with either. All right, uh, Joe? Yeah, I thought it was good. Both um, Naomi and Sasha are over. Worked well. George? All the way for it, mate. All right. There you Why go. Not? Very <laughs> nice and simple. That's it. Uh, we've literally only got a couple of minutes left for Roman and Lesnar, but I think that's probably all we need, uh, thinking about it. The match itself, I've... We, it, it's, it's, there's only been three trilogies at WrestleMania, right? Austin and Rock, that's like the most legendary. I don't think we're not going to debate and throw hands in this room about that. And then, of course, Triple H and Undertaker, which you know, the first one was kind of a throwaway, but the last two were legendary. Really, the high point of this trilogy is probably the Seth Rollins cash-in. Um, 34 was booed out of the building. And last night was what I would call good. It was good. But for a weekend that had a lot of high points, I think it's difficult to say it, it was the highest point the weekend could have ended on. I, I do think, though, Roman being the, the victor is right, Matt. It was totally correct. Um, you look at what we are doing right here, since from what last mania that Rome, Roman did to now, it made sense. A unified champion. He is the only man right now that could have done it. And if it wasn't Brock Lesnar, who would it be to dethrone Roman, dethrone Roman Reigns? And that makes us all very curious and excited. Now, of course, some people were expecting a bit more of a brutal match. But hey, it's just right. We're curious and we will tune in. Raw and Smackdown to see what happens next. Well, we're going to be at Raw tonight. That's worth mentioning. TalkSport. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, AlexM underscore TalkSport to give you all of the latest goods from what goes down at the Raw after Mania. Uh, and, of course, all of the surrounding things of WrestleMania weekend. Alistair, who's going to beat Roman? <sighs> Cody Rhodes. Uh, as we get on the home straight here, uh, Joe, what did you make of the main event all in all? Do you think right decision, I guess, for Roman? And what, what does Brock do? Yeah, right, this is it for Roman. The only thing that I was sort of a little bit gutted about was that there was no sort of comeuppance for Roman and Le- and um, Heyman at any point <laughs> at any point of the feud. Like, they got the best of Brock at Madison Square Garden, busted him open, and constantly sort of escaped him and evaded him. So I would have liked when, you know, when Brock was saying, I'm coming for your blood, I want to get... you." Know, like, I thought we were going to see Roman busted open at some point. And I know we don't get that on WWE television really anymore, but they did it at 34, like Roman... Yeah, led big quite, time, yeah, too. Yeah. They really went for it. So the, the, there, are, there has been sort of times when that has happened. Um 
So, I mean, that, that, that is something I would have liked to have seen, like if you know, Heyman had took an F5 or something like that, just to get that out there. But yeah, a good main event. And I think after the match, they've had quite a lot of matches already. Sort of what was expected. Maybe a few more shenanigans thrown in. But, yeah. Awesome. Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining me on this edition of Talk Wrestling uh, for WrestleMania weekend. Let, let's get some uh, Twitter handles, man, because there's a lot of different content that you guys have been putting out that I've been enjoying that I think everyone else should be able to enjoy. So, Alistair, where can the people find you? Yeah, um, Alistair McGee on Twitter, everything on metro.co.uk. If you can make that up, guys, I, I suggest you go follow. Matty? For some light-hearted wrestling takes at Matthew Connell. <laughs> some sultry wrestling takes. Uh, Joe, what about you, man? Yeah, well, some um, not quite as sultry wrestling takes uh, and um, lots of talk about Guinness and chips. You can follow me at Joe Bayer, J-O-E-B-A-I-A. Yeah, he, he's done this before. He knows he has to give you the spelling. Uh, George, what about you, man? Just all around good vibes. George Clayton, 97. Um, yeah, and if, yeah, 97, so I'm a bit young, so people will probably be not following me now. <laughs> no, they should. We're the dinosaurs. Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining me on this special edition of Talk Wrestling in Dallas as we look out over the city, getting ready for Raw after WrestleMania. Remember, guys, Talk Wrestling podcast will be dropping several episodes in the next couple of weeks where you can get all of the interviews that I've done out here in Dallas. Becky Lynch, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, man, the list goes on from that day at the press junket and of course you've listened to talk wrestling here with cody rhodes again the full interview will be available on the podcast so thanks for listening i'm alex mccarthy this has been talk wrestling on talk sport 2 my business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments then tap to pay on iphone and stripe came along and changed everything With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 